The Real Estate Sessions is sponsored by AdWorks. AdWorks makes digital advertising brilliantly simple. Choose your zip code and build your brand. Enter an address and promote your listings. Or upload your list and stay top of mind with your sphere of influence. And if you go to adworks.com slash billrisser, you'll do more than just build brand awareness or nurture your network. Right now, you get to save 15% off your purchase, and I get to send 10% to the Colon Cancer Alliance, an organization that means a great deal to me. That's adworks.com slash Bill Risser. One of the things that I've always been very kind of adamant about for my personal self is, you know, I'm not there to sell. I'm not there on Facebook or I'm not, it's, I'm not there selling you something. I'm there to connect with you. I'm there to create the relationship because when it comes down to it, real estate is a relationship-based business. And so if I have that relationship with you, then the business will come. Welcome to the Real Estate Sessions, where industry leaders share their stories and offer tips and advice to real estate professionals. Now your host, Bill Rissa of Fidelity National Title in Tampa, Florida. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 96 of the Real Estate Sessions podcast. Thank you so much for finding us in our little corner of the internet and listening and telling friends. It's how we get bigger. And if you really feel up to it, I would love to get a rating and review as well. So thanks very much for finding us. And I'm really excited about today's guest. We're going back to North Carolina again. We have been in North Carolina at least a half dozen times, which is telling me something cool is happening in North Carolina. But we'll find out in a second more about that state when we talk to Lori Weston Davis, who is the broker owner of Better Homes and Garden Real Estate Lifestyle Property Partners. Is that right, Lori? Did I get that? That's correct. That is a big name. (laughs) That's great. Absolutely is. Well, I'm really, really excited to have you here. So welcome to the podcast. Well, thanks for having me. It's a perfect afternoon to sit and chat. That's great. I li- that's rare when I have a realtor and especially someone in your position tell me that. So we'll keep our fingers <laughs> crossed. It can last for you know the next 25 minutes. <laughs> so. sure. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> exactly. So I know you've lived and worked in Pinehurst, North Carolina for a long time. Um, and my first question is, North Carolina is just absolutely gorgeous. I, my son lived there for a few months in Durham. He's now in D.C., but his girlfriend is still in Durham. Um, I've never been in the Pinehurst area, but I mean, why don't I just tell the listeners a little bit about Pinehurst and what it is? Or I really, it's a village, right? Yes, it is. Um, the The town itself is is fairly small, and and, and it's uh, it's a village for sure. Uh, they they refer to it as the village of Pinehurst, the the governmental part of it all, but it's really only about three blocks. I mean, there's, it's very tiny, very walkable. Right. <laughs> and, and then there's kind of a historic um, area of homes that kind of surround the main part of the village, which down in the, in the village itself is the, the resort, which is you know, the Pinehurst Resort Hotel, the Carolina Hotel. And then there are a few other, they have kind of some sister hotels. So it, it's, it's a very quaint kind of New Englandy feel, believe it or not. Um, and then the the golf resort is just across the street with the big clubhouse and 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 that is where 
you know, we have Pinehurst number two and the U.S. Open comes to visit us uh, every so often. So. Yeah, fairly regularly. <laughs> it's, yeah. It's, yeah, it's definitely, I mean, it's, I've, I've heard people talk about Pinehurst number two or just Pinehurst, the resort is kind of like the cradle of golf in the U.S. I mean, it's, I mean, let's talk about that for a second. First of all, yeah. do you play golf? Well, uh, I, a little, I would say. I don't have, unfortunately, a, a lot of time to play golf, but right. um, I did grow up. My dad was a, a big golfer, and so I had lived on golf courses pretty much my entire life. And so when I was a little girl, I used to go out in the evenings with my dad, and he taught me how to how to play and how to swing a golf club. So I've, I've got a decent swing and when necessary, I can go out there and, and, and hit a ball fairly decently. I'm not real consistent, <laughs> but, um, the fun part is, uh, we do have a, a company golf tournament every year for our, you know, our office and we, we, it's a client appreciation kind of event. So we invite all of our golf playing clients and we go out and, uh, several of our agents, have either played professionally or have been our PGA instructors, things like that. So we get out and really kind of get into it with the clients and it's always a lot of fun. Yeah. that. And I get to, I get to play in that, which is, you know, that's exciting. That's good. That's good. Now I, I know the resort is there, there are like nine courses at this resort, nine full Correct. size championship courses. Number two, of course, is the one that hosts the open. That's where Payne Stewart did mm -hmm. his thing in 1999, right? Um, yes. Meeting Phil um, Nicholson you know, down the stretch. That was, yeah. Were you, were, yes, you, were you in Pinehurst at that time? Yes, I was. Oh. Um, I moved to, to Pinehurst in 97. So I've actually been here for three U.S. Opens. And actually, last in, the last one in 2014, we hosted both the men's and the women's back to back on Pinehurst number two, which is the first time that's ever been. The women's open comes here. Uh, pretty frequent, frequently as well, but normally they have played over on Pine Needles. And while Pinehurst uh, Resort has nine courses now, five of which come out of the main clubhouse, and then the other ones have different separate clubhouses and are a little bit, I wouldn't say far because nothing's far away around here, but a little bit further out from the main clubhouse. But we also have well over 40 courses in the county. So there's a lot of golf going on around here. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, I'm, it's such a destination. It's, it's a bucket list item for me. So, and now that I, oh. now I've relocated yeah. to the East coast, Oh, it's going to happen a lot sooner than later. So well, let us know um, if you decide you want to come this way and uh, we have a few connections and I'm, I'm pretty sure we can get you out on number two. So let's look at my calendar. I'm going to call my son immediately <laughs> because he can get there from D.C. in what, four hours, three hours? Yeah. Uh, no, it's, it's, a little, it's like five. I just drove up there for NAR, so it's about a five-hour. That's great. Well, I, I won't forget you said that, but thank you for that offer. That's great. Hey, sure. so uh, you also, you, you weren't born and raised in North Carolina. And um, looking back, you know, in some of the things I found out about you, you had that typical, whether you want to call it, military brat or whatever. Mm -hmm. Where are some of the places you've lived? Uh, well, my dad was Air Force, so uh, I was born in Texas, and then we moved to Montgomery, Alabama, and then my parents are both originally from Miami, and so my dad was deployed, and so we went, and, and my mom and my brother and I lived in Miami while he was deployed for a year to Korea, and then 
after he came back, we lived in Georgia, lived in Virginia. And then at that point, he retired from the military and we moved back to, to Florida. So I spent about a good percentage of my, my childhood in, in Florida, believe it or not, and probably about 10 years. And then we moved to North Carolina and I went to the last couple of years of high school in Chapel Hill, North Carolina, and also then attended um, UNC. So I'm a Tar Heel. <laughs> and then after that, I got married and uh, moved to California and spent 10 years in California, in San Diego, most of those those years, about seven of or eight of the 10, I guess. And then actually lived up in the Bay Area for about two years. Um, and then from there, I moved to Pinehurst. So North Carolina, I have spent the vast majority of my life in, I would, probably close to 22, 23 years total now. Well, even more than that, probably close to 30 years now, um, including my childhood, childhood years when my dad was actually stationed in Fayetteville over at Fort Bragg, uh, Pope Air Force Base. So, where I grew up in San Diego. Where did you live when you were in San Diego? Um, uh, we lived... All right, you know where Ted Williams Parkway? Um, sure, I sure do. Up yep. the uh, up the I-15. Yep. Mm-hmm. Just right off of Ted Williams Parkway. I lived in Rancho Penasquitos, mm-hmm. um, and then we moved right across the 15 on the other side. It, it was a a newer area over there, and it's like the name is like out yeah, of my they, head. They had like oh. Scripps, Scripps Ranch and Scripps Ranch yeah. and all that stuff. So that's, that's cool. Yeah. 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 So I lived. Lived there for a good long time. I played a lot of softball at that little park down in Rancho Penasquitos, kind of down at the bottom of the hill. So you may know oh, what yeah. I'm talking about. Yeah. All right, enough yeah. of that. Nobody else knows about it. <laughs> yeah. um, so let's, uh, first of all, I got to go back to the college thing and being a tar heel. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You, you were there at the same time Jordan was playing basketball at Carolina, right? I absolutely was. Wow. I was there when he won the national championship and yeah. was, uh, out on Franklin Street, painting it blue <laughs> right after. Yeah, that so, was the, the thing there for a while. Is like the all the paint stores would, you know, we, the kids would go and buy all the blue paint, and then they'd take just the, you know, the gallon cans and dump them into the streets, and so we would all be covered in blue paint. Well, they wised up, and they take all the blue paint off the shelves now during the um, March Madness. So, <laughs> so. You're on camp. I mean, he's got to be on campus. He's going to classes. Do you have a Jordan story to share? Did you ever see him? And by the way, I, I guess we we know now what he is. And I don't. Yeah. He was a great college player. Don't get me wrong. But I don't yeah. think I don't think we're thinking he's going to become the greatest ever. But still, yeah. Michael Jordan. You know. Yeah, yeah. I don't think. Um, no, I don't think anybody really knew that. You know, ultimately what he would become. But um, yeah, I ran into him a couple times around campus, and you know, he was a, a nice guy. I actually danced with James Worthy, though. So <laughs> go ahead, continue. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that was back in the day of you know the disco and all that stuff. And there was a, a place down on Franklin Street called Purdy's. Anybody who was around back in that day, and uh, used to go there uh, once in a while. And one night. He was there, and he asked me to dance, so I got to dance with James Worthy. <laughs> wow, that's that's awesome. You, yeah. <laughs> might might be the best personal story ever shared on the podcast. Oh. I love it. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. 
Great. Let me um let me let me get into the business side of things before people start yelling at me if I chit chat sure. long. But um, when you came out of school at, at Carolina, I don't think a realtor was in your kind of you know targets. No. So what 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 happened? What 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 were you doing? And then how did you become a realtor? Um, well, I graduated with, I have a degree in, in business with emphasis in financial management and I had, you know, thoughts of doing all kinds of things back, back in the day, but I actually ended up uh, becoming a mom. <laughs> so I was basically a stay at home mom, uh, with some, you know, kind of little part-time jobs here and there. And then I did a lot of volunteering, um, with the school and different things throughout, um, you know, my kids growing up, I have two sons and when they got to the point where the, my oldest went off to college and then my, my younger son, uh, I guess he was about a junior in high school at that point, And he had got his driver's license and he didn't need me to drive him around anymore. So I was kind of thinking, all right, now what, what am I going to do with the rest of my life here? You know, cause before long, he's going to be gone and it's going to be crickets <laughs> going on. So right, right. Um, I kind of took a look around and thought about, you know, what I could do. And I had um, the real estate agent that uh, we had worked with in purchasing some things uh, here locally. I, I just contacted him and I said, you know, I think I'm, I'm thinking about getting my license and was just, you know, wondering if you had any thoughts, you know, or advice or anything. And he, he said, Oh, go get your license and come work with me. And he actually uh, was part owner of a small local independent company, um, village properties, which still exists here in, in down in the village of Pinehurst. And so I did, I went and got my license and I started working with him. He did a lot of commercial, but he also worked with some developers and was representing them on three residential developments. And so I started out actually sitting on site um, and selling, which was actually, a, I think, a pretty good way to kind of start in the business because it gave me the opportunity to learn. Uh, and I had people coming to me. I wasn't having to learn to lead generate in the very beginning, really. I was able to look, kind of hone some skills uh, you know, and learn how to write a contract and learn how to show the house and learn how to sell, which is a huge part of, you know, real estate. Um, and, uh, and it made it a little bit easier because I wasn't having to get out there and beat the bushes and, and lead generate right in the very beginning. Yep. Yep. So I did that about a year and a half and then, um, took a, a little break. My youngest was a senior in high school. So I decided I wanted to spend kind of that year, being around for him before I knew he was leaving to go to college. And then I came back to, to work that fall when he went to school. And at that point, I kind of took a look around and, and decided there was this new company in town. Um, it was called Front Gate. And there were a lot of agents there that I knew and respected. And I thought, you know, I think I want to, you know, I'm going to move my license and go there. So I started there not really knowing anything about kind of anything other than who worked there. And it turned out they were the, they were the precursor or whatever for the Keller Williams franchise that was being worked on. So they, they're, they, you have to have a bunch of different things in place before you can actually get a franchise with Keller Williams. And so they were working on that a certain number of 
agents and cappers and all that good stuff. And then so I started there in October, um, had no idea who or what Keller Williams was. Nobody did around here at that time. Okay. And then um, it was you know, kind of it was new to this market for sure and just wasn't very widely known in this area. So um, it, 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 back then, I remember everybody was like, you know, what is that? Who? What? You know, so. Um, so they got the franchise that December, launched as, as KW, and then I spent about the next year or so um, fumbling around a little bit, uh, you know, I'd say, you know, kind of trying to find my way and um, playing real estate a little bit, I, I always say. And then I went to a family reunion, which was in New Orleans. And which is a big annual event for Keller Williams and education goes on there and, you know, just all the agents come together. And that really opened up a whole new world to me. Um, just meeting a bunch of different people. And I spent the whole day in the technology room back then. They called it the technology room because that's where all of the the classes that they were doing, you know, that were technology related are and you kind of can't do that anymore because pretty much everything is technology these days but so I sat there all day listening to various speakers and uh, just so happened uh, Ben Kenny which uh, is one of Keller's top agents and and was back then at the time as well uh, spoke a few times and he happened to be the last speaker of the day and he'd seen me sitting there pretty much all day whenever he was talking and and uh, he kind of stopped and, and we spoke and we traded cards and and we kind of connected and became friends. And I learned a tremendous amount from Ben over the next couple of years and things changed dramatically. Um, uh, we, uh, you know, technology became a real focus for me. And I was kind of, I guess, what you would call on the, the leading edge in real estate as far as using social media and tried to learn as much as I could possibly learn about all of those things. So I was, I always like to say, you know, uh, people used to kind of look at me like I was crazy when <laughs> talking about social and technology and internet and, and all that. But most people have kind of come around to it these days. And, yeah. and it always makes me laugh when I see some of the people that um, used to tell me, oh, you know, that's, you know, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> and now they are. <laughs> yeah, so, that's right. And especially yeah. coming back to it, you know, like you said your little village of Pinehurst, you probably mm-hmm. were like one of the only people doing those things. And so that makes perfect sense. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So is it somewhere in this time period then that you connect with Lisa Archer and then yeah. you know, the birth of the geeky girls occurs? Let's talk about yeah. that. Yep. Um, Lisa was a, a Keller Williams agent, still is um, in the Charlotte area. And which is about two hours away from Pinehurst. And we had connected through Facebook. That's how we met. And uh, I had gone to Charlotte for an event. Uh, and we, we, I guess we had a mutual friend that we both ended up going to lunch. You know, we were going to go to lunch as a group. And as we got in the car, we were kind of like, I know you, you know, we're, aren't we Facebook friends? And, and so that's really kind of how we first met and then um, connected and, and went to some events. Lisa was also um, obviously very, she was a social butterfly and, and very active on 
on Twitter, especially and Facebook. But um, so we kind of connected through that. And uh, so the the Geeky Girls was really born from uh, a good friend of, of mine, Jimmy Mackin, who um, is partners with Chris Smith now in Curator. Um, Jimmy, back in the day, we were friends through Facebook. I, we had never met, but he we were talking and he was trying to get me to start blogging. He had done, I guess, back then doing like a 30-day blog challenge where you wrote some a post every day was kind of thing. And he had just done that. And he was trying to convince me that I should have a blog and do this. And and I thought, oh, I don't know. <laughs> that seems like a lot of work. <laughs> um, but also at the time, um, Ben Kenny had started um, the IMSD designation, uh, which internet was kind of teaching, you know, how to use the internet and social media um, to agents. And kind of their tag line was um, geeky. It was just they had these geeky T-shirts. And Lisa and I both had the geeky shirts and we wore them around quite a bit. And people started referring to us kind of as the geeky girls. And we kind of decided to take that one step further. We had started teaching together a little bit at um, Keller offices. And uh, so when I was thinking about the blog, I thought, well, what if we just kind of roll this all together and we just start the blog and it's the geeky girls. And that way she has to write half of it. Nice. <laughs> Which, yeah, yeah. I tried. And yeah. then, um, and we kind of asked Ben if he was okay with us kind of stealing his, you know, branding and he was fine. He was very encouraging and he loved it. And so that's how the geeky girls were born. We got our own t-shirts that had, you know, the geeky girls on them and uh, started wearing those around and it took off. I swear the, the t-shirts get more play. Everybody wants one. Um, and I think it was just kind of a catchy a catchy name and yeah, I don't know. It just kind of took on a life of its own, right. but it's been fun and, and it lives on. <laughs> yeah. It's still, so. you, I can still hire the geeky girls today to come to an event and, uh, you know, and, and help yep. train and talk about things. It's a, it's a mm -hmm. little different makeup. Who's on the team now? Um, so now it's, it's me and I do m most of the speaking. Um, but we also have um, JC Reedman who is in uh, Austin, Texas now, and she is she does a lot of video. She's with Amora Productions there, so but she's also very active with the YPN. She's I think she's like president of the YPN in that area, and um, so she kind of hits a lot of the the video stuff for us. She does a lot of video at events, and um, super smart girl, uh, love her to death, and so she she will do a lot of posting. Um, for us from that perspective and, and interviewing people and, and doing all that. Um, and then Tiffany Schellinger, she is another BHG broker owner and um, married to Jeff Lobb, who everybody knows, Spark Tank Media. Yep. <laughs> um, uh, but the little known secret is Tiffany really runs the show. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> but um, but Tiffany is super smart and has been very active in the real estate space for a long time. Um, she has a lot of um, great perspective from the, the broker owner point of view. Um, she sits on advisory board for Zillow. Um, so, you know, she's a very smart lady. That's great. So, 
And then there's me. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, yeah. if as we continue down the path with you, like like many agents, you kind of left the big franchise to do something. We'll call it mm -hmm. a little more local, right? And mm -hmm. uh, so, talk about that decision and and how it's going. Yeah. Well, so let's see. A little over two years ago, um, you know, very, things happen in life. You know, things change. Uh, and it, it came to a point where I, I felt like I, I wasn't happy where I was anymore and I, I needed to make a change and I wanted to do something, something different. And um, at the time, there really wasn't another um, big franchise company that I wanted to go to work for here locally. And, um, and also at that point, I really hadn't no desire to you know buy a franchise and become a broker owner at that point either um but i uh my current partner scott linsicum had gone out on his own about a year prior and started his own company so he had um a small they had about four or five agents and and him and it was just a small little brokerage down in the village but I had known Scott uh, through, we both served at the, um, our local association. I'd actually been president of our local realtor association. And he was the treasurer uh, of the MLS at that time. And then he became president of the MLS right after that. But we'd interacted at, you know, at that level. And so I knew kind of you know, though his thought process about business and all that. And he recruited me a little bit to come. And I had first kind of kind of laughed. But, and then six months later, I, I said, let's talk about this. Let's figure out what that would look like. And uh, I decided to, to come over and start working with him and create, you know, a really cool independent in, in the market. And we, you know, he'd already done a pretty good job at that. And we just took it up a notch or two. And, uh, by the end of that year, we were the number one independent in the market. And we kind of thought, well, okay, what are we going to do now to compete at the next level? And it just kind of coincidentally around that same time, uh, was NAR in San Diego and, we were both there and walking through the vendor hall and I know several folks that work at BHG. Chris Nichols is a good friend of mine from even before he ever worked at BHG through Inman. Um, we were ambassadors together and he works there now and he was at the booth and we just, you know, stopped to talk to Chris and, you know, things happen and lo and behold, Sherry showed up and I introduced her to Scott and she just looked at me and she goes, you know, we, we need to talk. <laughs> so, I was thinking, well, we can talk. I really had, you know, I was pretty sure Scott wouldn't was had no interest in, you know, becoming a, a franchise. But um, who knew? You know, we sat down and it turned out that Better Homes and Gardens was a really good match philosophically for us. Um, you know, the lifestyle uh, proposition of it all. That's who we were. Um, we sold lifestyle, not homes. And and that's very much who they are as well. The technology part of it was a, a good fit for us. They're very focused on, you know, the technology in the real estate as well. And, and I've known Sherry for years and I know she's a very genuine uh, 
person and she's very available. I mean, there aren't very many CEOs of you know large real estate companies that you can reach out to and they're going to answer you, uh, you know, in a Facebook message or, <laughs> or text or, you know, they're, they're much more um, kind of behind a curtain, I would say, right. but she's very much out there, very much a um, leader of the, the people, I would, I guess I would say. And I have a lot of respect for her. So uh, it was a really pretty easy decision for us. And so within a couple of months, we, we pretty much had decided that was what we were going to do. And then it was just a matter of going through the process and launching. So we became Better Homes and Gardens um, a little over a year ago. And we couldn't be happier. It's been a really great experience for us. Um, we've grown and we've learned a lot. And, uh, you know, for me, from a, a personal standpoint, obviously, I've learned a lot about uh, the business and I've got great support through BHG. I have my business consultant, Tim Herr. He's in Atlanta. And, uh, you know, I, I have a lot of help in what I do every day. Uh, and, uh, you yeah. know, it, it was a good, good fit for us. Yeah. You, you talk about Sherry being, you know, approachable. That's, that goes to like every realtor in the country. Anyone could just walk up to her and ask her a question. I mean, Absolutely. Amazing. Yeah. That's great. I love that. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. you, you mentioned Inman. Let's talk about that for quite a while. You've been, a, you've been, you know, connected to Inman, whether maybe it started at a reboot. I know that was my first introduction to an Inman event, but then year of you've been to, I don't know how many connects by now you contribute to the, to Inman.com. Yeah. Talk about the importance of those connections in and you, you you have throughout this interview, but it's just yeah. so important. Mm -hmm. I think absolutely. Um, my relationship over the years with Inman at many different levels has been hugely important in my, I would say, my real estate career overall. Um, it started rather uh, serendipitously. Um, you know, I went to an agent reboot in Charlotte when they were here and had kind of made some connections and went to one in Atlanta. And then um, they had one that was going to be in Miami right after that. And they had their social media speaker dropped out at the last minute and you know, like the week before or so. And I just kind of jokingly tweeted, Hey, if you need somebody to, to speak, you know, we're available. And so next thing I knew it was pack your bag bags and get to Miami. So that was kind of the first uh, speaking <laughs> engagement with Inman. And, uh, and then it just kind of took off after that. I did speak at many reboots um, and at Connect events. And then uh, Katie Lance, who was at that time their um, social media director, uh, started the ambassador program for Inman and asked you know, me to participate. And that was a you know, a really big deal. Just participating, you know, attending an Inman Connect is amazing because of the, the people that you meet there. It's, you know, I would go if nothing, you know, for nothing else, but just to, to see the people. But then you have all the content on top of it, which um, is amazing and has gotten better and better and better, I would say, over the last several years. So right. really excited about uh, the San Francisco event that's coming up this summer. They're doing a lot of really cool things. And uh, so now I'm the director of the ambassador program with, along with Joe Scott, who's my partner in crime. 
uh, <laughs> from Boston. Yep. And so we uh, kind of help herd the, the ambassador cats at the events and uh, it, you know, help promote the event and, and get the ambassadors on board with, with doing things. And so it's kind of come full circle in a way, uh, but I love it. And uh, you know, I can't wait to, to get there this summer. Let me let me ask you a question about uh, social media since I've got you here. This is you know okay. right up your alley, and it mm-hmm. really has. Think about it. It's been about ten years that it's you know, two thousand eight, maybe so maybe nine, ten years that it started exploding in real estate. And, but it seems to mm-hmm. me like um, it's changed. But the way we should use it probably really hasn't changed. Is is that a fair assessment? I would. Yeah. I, I mean, I think that's true. I think. It's changed dramatically. I mean, obviously, even just Facebook itself, that what you can do with it and on it now is, you know, crazy compared to back in the day when you know you could you had your one little account and you posted a couple little things and all you could post were words and you know it's way different now than it used to be. Um, and I think it's. It, it, for business, for a real estate agent, you know, approaching it as as a tool is important in that way. I mean, obviously, you can use it on a personal side as well, but you know, having a game plan and because uh, otherwise you can just get lost in there and it can suck up a whole lot of your time. So I think you know that's one of the things. If you're going to use social media, know why you why you're using it. Um, and do I see things that people do wrong? You know, absolutely. Uh, I think one of the things that I've always been very kind of adamant about for my personal self is, you know, I'm not there to sell. I'm not there on Facebook or I'm not it's I'm not there selling you something. I'm there to connect with you. I'm there to create the relationship, because when it comes down to it, real estate is a relationship based business. And so if I have that relationship with you, then the business will come. And so I'm not there posting my listings on my personal page all day long. I'll talk about real estate because that's what I do, but I'm not there to sell you a house today. If that right. makes sense. Right. It makes a ton of sense. I, I think you see a lot of agents even today making those mm-hmm. same mistakes, right? That uh, mm-hmm. I've got a platform mm-hmm. I'm going to broadcast and, they really need to mm-hmm. think that through. You know, I've had mm-hmm. you here the half hour that I asked you for. So I'm going to give you the same final question I have given everyone uh, on the podcast. And that's if you could give one piece of advice to a new agent just getting started, what would it be? Build your database. You have to start and have that group of people that are your core. And that's where your, your business will come from. So, you know, you're going to start with your core group and then keep adding to that as you meet people, as you do business with people. And then you have to communicate with that database. So the two things I actually always tell my new agents is one, create that database and two, know your market. You have to be able to talk about your market and what you do. And your market can be a, a very small subsection of the overall market where you live. If you want to focus geographically or in, you know, maybe you're going to be the condo queen, whatever it is, know that market so well that people will automatically see you as, is the expert in that. So that's, that is it. It's not rocket science. Like I said, it's a relationship based business. So you have to love on your people. 
And then you have to know what you're talking about. And that's really all it is. Lori, if somebody wants to reach out to you, what's the best way for them to get a hold of you? Oh, I would say send me a message on Facebook. Um, that You'll find me there. I'll get it. <laughs> so, um, And it's pretty easy. Gotcha. Thank you so much for taking time today to share your story. And uh, James Worthy, I, that's awesome. Uh, that, that might show up in a tweet or two when I promote the podcast. Just warning you now. All right. Oh, have at it. <laughs> Well, thank you so much. And, and hey, good luck in San Francisco this summer. You know, I've been to many myself and I, uh, I know how much fun you're going to have. And, and really, anyone listening that wants information on that, Inman.com. Thanks again, Lori. I really appreciate it. You're welcome. Thanks for having me.